friends, and welcome back to the Adventures with Steppers podcast. We are episode 36. We've made it to June. It's boiling hot outside, and I want to cry, but that's just sweat on my face. Uh, this week, we have a special guest. Well, all my guests are special, but this is extra special to me. Um, we have Jombi Juice, if you know him from Twitch, here to kick off Pride Month, to kick off June, to kick off life. So welcome, Jombi, and thank you for being here this glorious, glorious day. We're, we're also recording this in advance, so, you know, it's Sunday here. Yeah, thank you for having me today. Uh, of course, I just, I feel like this is the most appropriate uh, episode for you to be on, the most appropriate guest, all that jazz, so I'm really happy that you took the time. If y'all don't know, uh, I was almost going to dox you and I don't want to do that. Oh, you're good. My name's Robbie. <laughs> okay. Right on the website. You're good. I was just making sure. <laughs> um, Robbie does amazing things um, with Stream for a Cause and I'm going to let him rave about all of it um, because I'm just here to pick his brain and get to know his life because that's what we do here. Um, Robbie, whatever you want to say about Stream for a Cause, please lay it out for the folks and then I have some side questions that will probably tie into stream for a cause anyway sure well um if you haven't heard of stream for a cause we're a nonprofit that works with content creators um really why it came about was we saw that there was this there was tons of people who wanted to do great work for charity streams charity content creation um but since the people that were able to invest in content creator programs were larger more established charities, international charities, like huge US-based charities. Um, they had the content creator program. So almost all the money that was being raised was being given out to these like super well-funded, big grant writing monsters. And we were like, gosh, it really sucks because this is such a great resource um, for smaller grassroots charities, community-based charities to get additional funding, additional help. And for them, that's like, it's a huge deal, right? Like it's an extra thousand, two thousand dollars $3,000 that they can put into their programming. Um, but they don't have the time to run a content creator program. So really, we are the content creator program for grassroots and community-based charities. What we do is we create a huge um, initiatives. So we're working with tons of streamers, we raise lots of money, and then we make grants for smaller, more community-based nonprofits all over the world that are doing really amazing work, but probably aren't gonna be seen by people on Twitch. Um, just because they don't have those, you know, those funds, the insights, whatever, to, to build that content creator program up. Um, so we do it for them. And, uh, you know, June is a really great month for us. And um, I think at the end of June, we'll have done 70 unique nonprofits that we've worked with uh, by the end of this month. That is amazing. Also shameless plug for me. The reason why I also wanted Robbie to be like this episode is because this Saturday, if you're listening to this on drop week, on drop day, this Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern, I am doing my first ever in my life charity stream. Um, and I'm really excited about it. And I really hope you all come out and, uh, support your girl steffers zing whatever whatever y'all call me anymore you can it's fine we're we're friends here so <clears throat> wow sorry that was a cough we're gonna we're gonna tie this in but why so you were a streamer before stream for a cause or were you oh you 
just went all in with stream for a cause. I did. So I was actually working as a substance abuse uh, programmer. So I was doing like, I was like working in an urban area in Michigan. I was doing a lot of like high risk youth substance prevention work. Um, we did like peer pressure work. We did education, sex ed, all of the things like literally the only thing we didn't stop was rock and roll, but we were really against sex and drugs. Um, and it was all about like, just like giving people knowledge, right? It wasn't like anything like that. But um, <clears throat> one of my friends was like super excited because they got one of those spam messages on Instagram, like come and try this new game. Like we want you streamer because <laughs> we followed the streamer hashtag. And now we want you to try out our demo for our new game. And they were so excited because they were like, wow, somebody reached out to me. And I was like, if it got you that excited, you know, why, why are people not reaching out to people about charities? And then I had seen a few charity streams, but I never streamed. And I don't think I had been on Twitch for more than like 20 hours of viewer time before that ever. And then all of a sudden I was thrown into this world of content creators because we came up with this idea to just do charity streaming differently. But I didn't even stream until Stream for a Cause had been around for like six or seven months. And I wouldn't, okay, so this is this is a new realm. Like for me with charity stream, Stream for a Cause, like streaming again, because if y'all don't know, I, I used to stream back in 2017 2018 something like that I took a I took a nice little hiatus from from the twitch world so this is all news to me which I love learning new things about people that I talk to because I wouldn't you wouldn't be able to tell because if you go into zombie streams not only do they look you know fresh and fire but it seems like you've just been doing this like this was your calling well I've always been doing like so I've done, I've done dance and theater for a while. So like, that was a big part of why I'm not like super uncomfortable talking to people. But besides that, I've also always just been working in the nonprofit field. So I have a master's in nonprofit administration. Um, I've worked for like huge nonprofits like the YMCA. I've worked for really tiny community-based nonprofits. I'm doing like child abuse prevention. And I know nonprofit work. Like, I, I, it's, it's everything that I've been doing. I left like law school to do nonprofit stuff. And now here I am doing this. And like, I've always been a huge gamer. So I've always played lots of games. I've always like, I've always just enjoyed the world of gaming. I just never thought that there would be any way for me to tie it in with my nonprofit background. And it turns out there was. I mean, that's a happy, happy accident something something like that so you so you're quote unquote a recent twitch content creator person what was your like i mean i'm assuming i i think i know the answer to this but everyone else doesn't what was your like start on twitch to kind of introduce you like zombie juice streamer robbie self yeah so i didn't actually want to stream at all um I'm going to be honest, the reason like <laughs> I didn't want to stream because like for me, organizing and running the nonprofit was fulfilling. Um, I didn't need to do any of the other things. Um, I wanted to never I wanted to always make sure that the people that we were working with our volunteers were the stars. Right. Because that's the biggest thing. We believe everybody's capable of making a difference, but not everybody is afforded the same opportunities from sponsorship programs and support programs on Twitch because 
so many places look at things like CVT and viewer count and number of followers as being like whether you're good enough. And I think that that is just stupid. Um, and so we don't do that. And I never wanted to stream because I didn't really want to like, I wasn't sure that there would be space, you know, I didn't want it to seem like it was something that was self-serving. That was like, why? So I, I never did that. Um, but for Halloween, our first year, 2020, um, the community was like, if we raise $10,000 this month, will you host a stream? And I was like, yeah, okay. We had never raised $10,000. So I was like, whatever, sure. If you raise $10,000, I will do a stream. And they were like, okay. And I was like, okay. So uh, then they did, they raised, they raised like $14,000. So they just blew it out of the water. Um, so we got through the end of that year and I, I did a single Jackbox stream in February of 2021. And it was just supposed to be a community day. We were doing like hanging out. Um, but like 50 people showed up to play Jackbox from Stream for a Cause because they just wanted to hang out. And I was like, oh, okay, well, cool. Um, and then and then they were like, well, now you're here. Why don't you just do an, like get affiliate so we can have emotes? And I was like, okay. And so they said, stream every day this week and we'll show up. And I was like, okay. So I did because they wanted emote slots. They were like, we can do the emotes and it'll be really cute. And I was like, okay, fine. So I did. And then, you know, we hit affiliate in seven days. Um, and then they were like, this was actually really nice. And how they explained it to me was they were like, it was great to be able to pop in when you were live and ask questions about SFAC, things that were coming up, those sorts of things. So then it kind of stopped being a stream. And now I consider it more like my open office hours, right? So like, this is where any volunteer knows that they can come and find me. I try to not miss streams because like, then it is in my mind, I justify making sure and prioritizing streaming because it's a great opportunity for people to come in and engage. I can talk about what we do at SFAC. We can answer questions. It's not rare at all to talk about like charity incentives and planning out a charity stream while I'm in the middle of playing like DVD or something. So it's, it's pretty cool. I will say I was shown stream for a cause I want to say from Ponyo, if it wasn't from Ponyo, maybe it was Kara. No, it had to have been from Ponyo or, Ka or like U Kara. Did her well, so I met Ubu after I met Ponyo and I think I knew Ponyo and Kara, Cozy Kara, if y'all are going on the Twitch and, and looking <laughs> these people up. Uh, Cozy Kara, I think she had her first charity stream and I wanted to dabble in charity streams but I had no idea how so then I think I mentioned it to Ponyo and Ponyo was like well why don't you volunteer with stream for a cause but and then I started to do that and let me tell you I was 100 I still am a little bit like intimidated to talk to you guys <laughs> <laughs> no don't be I was like, I really want John B on my podcast but like am I just is this too extra like am I a weirdo and Pony was like, no, just, just ask him. You'll be fine. And I said, okay, fine. I'm sorry. It's, it's fine. <laughs> so I, and the idea intimidates me, but I will say between you and Minty, I'm, I'm literally just going to use your screen names because I just can't in my head. That's what you guys are. Um, both of you have answered all my questions. We even, they even like sit down with you and have like a little one-on-one -on -one meeting to kind of get you set up and 
I'm ready. I'm so excited. Will it go, you know, will I have technical difficulties? Probably because it's Twitch. That's just kind of, that's the MO. Is it really a stream if you don't have some sort of issue? But I'm very excited. And I think that this is a great platform, at least for me, because I, I, I do a lot of theme park related stuff, but I've also branched out into like my other passions. And I wanted to share with my listeners, like what you do, why you do it and how impactful it can be because a lot of people probably have never heard of stream for a cause uh people on here that are twitch streamers like maybe want to help more i know a lot of people have been starting to do charity streams a lot more and i think that this is a good opportunity for them to participate and not be as intimidated as like i'm you know i'm nobody who's gonna listen to me because that's how i am uh Robbie really pushed me to my limit in terms of my goal for my journey stream because your girl has no self-confidence in terms of raising money <laughs> so we'll see I I will say I've had a lot of positive um not feedback but just like a, a lot of support toward this charity stream so I'm very excited and whether or not I raise one dollar or a bajillion dollars um, at least I'm having fun with friends in my community. So that's the important thing, y'all. It's about the mentality. Something you know, like what is so cool, I think, about what we do is that we do have a lot of value on content creators of all different sizes. So we don't like to ever think about content creators as being like, there are no big or small content creators. That is something that corporate standards have used to define content creators. And... Um, screw that. So we don't believe in that. We believe in people who are numbers driven and people who are community driven. And we want to work with people who are community driven. And a great example of that is I've worked with larger streamers, um, hundreds of regular viewers, and they will raise money, obviously, because they do a charity stream. And it's like, wow, they do a charity stream. But the people that donate to that charity stream are a small group. It's their inner circle. Like it's the people who are still the same 10 people who will always donate. And to be completely honest, when I've worked with some of those streamers, um, it's great. It's, it's wonderful because it's great promotion for what we're doing at Stream for a Cause. But the amount of viewers to the amount of money that they raise is so off. Like not off. I mean, it's, it's, it makes it seem like it's an intimidating thing because like if you don't have hundreds of viewers, how could I possibly do a charity stream? I had one streamer raise like 15 or $1,600 with hundreds, like 500 average viewers. And we were like, okay, that was really awesome. But I had somebody raise 1,600 with five average viewers um, literally the next week. And the difference is, is that connection, right? So like if you are going to, like if you're going to be, you know, when you answer that spam phone call and it's like the, hi, would you like to support your local police department? And you're like, mm, who are you? How did you get my number? Oh, wait, you're cops. That's how you got my number. Um, it's like, I, I don't really want to because I don't know them. But like, if, if Steffers was like, hey, I have this thing that I really care about and I'm trying to get, I'm trying to raise money for it. Um, can you kick in 10 bucks? I'm going to be like, yeah, of course, because I know Steffers and like I want to support something that my friend is passionate about. And that makes a huge difference. And community content creators, people focused on the idea of building a community versus building metrics. Those 
those individuals do an amazing job raising funding. And that's what you're looking for in any situation when you're working in the nonprofit world is like, you want people who have relationships, not people who have, I guess, just like fake followers, like people that you don't Vanity. care about. Yeah, it's you. it doesn't work. It just does not work. And so we've put the emphasis on working with people who emphasize community and it's, it's huge. And that person might have two viewers. That person might have 200 viewers. It makes little difference at all. Their success is by the fact that they have people that care about them being successful. And I think that, so I, if you know me and like follow my social media and all that jazz, you know how much I suffer from imposter syndrome and like the pressures of trying to quote unquote make it on social media and all that jazz. And I find that with Twitch, it's such a refreshing, like, sure, I'll have the same handful, like 10, however many people I have in my streams nowadays, people that come in, but they nine times out of 10 are always chatting with me, are always like utilizing my channel points to turn me into Shrek because they hate me or something on on that level and i think i've come to terms with the fact like i will always welcome like growth and new people into my community and all that but i i like don't stare at the numbers anymore i kind of just i want to make sure people enjoy watching me so i try to cater like if i'm playing a game that you know resonates well or people just enjoy watching me play that game i try to play that game more but in terms of like i need to hit 1000 followers in like a week that's not like a realistic thing so don't even try to do that but i just do it for like a hey how's it going or like people just talk to me give me tips about the game like ponyo and the valo boot camp 10 out of 10 raised my game in that like I can wreck people now mm, I don't know because I headshot you pretty quick okay, and that match you randomly came against me so that's mm. really <laughs> I just that was exposed. like the highlight that was the <laughs> highlight of my Valorant career so far was random <laughs> that was the first time I've ever encountered somebody I knew in a random game ever it was so cool I've talked about it for literally oh I love it it's so yeah. great um I highly recommend it was also the one game I decided hey let me play neon <laughs> and try neon for the first time it's fine I it's fine we're fine but <laughs> I, it was very intimidating because uh if y'all don't know Minty he also is just really good at games <laughs> he's good at all games it's very stupid yeah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can't That's confirm. And he was it. neon too. So it was neon versus neon. Clearly, there was no chance for me. And I was I, I didn't cry, but it was really hilarious. Is in be fact, like, I'm so main. sorry. Yes, he is in fact a neon main. It was yeah. it was sad. I think he was like at 27 kills for that yep. match. And I was mm -hmm. like, Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm a Imagine being main, on his so... team all the time. You talked about imposter syndrome. Like he's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, you can come and play. And I'm like being dragged along like the kid on a monkey backpack. Uh, yeah, that's uh, me when I play with uh, literally everyone. Uh, even my husband, he is good at aiming, which a like so he gets a lot of kills in Valorant, but he hates Valorant and he doesn't like the abilities. So I'm like, okay, well, don't play because you're making me feel like I'm insignificant to this game. I play ten times more than you. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, it's fine. Well, you can come play with us. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I'm going to need to make time and play with other people because I, uh, 
I need to spread my wings and fly and maybe learn new play styles because I kind of do the same things each time I play. It's it's know. okay. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, but I am a Reina main, so on Saturday, y'all will see a lot of uh, me playing Reina, unless someone insta-locks, but uh, I will fight them, respectfully, of course. And Gimli will be in the stream, too, so he's my free little mascot that he's going to bark at any second. You should cosplay well him for a stretch goal. <laughs> like a cow with brown ears. <laughs> this dog you guys won't be able to see but this dog is literally a cow with brown ears i'm not joking yeah just it's fine we're it's fine i do have a little sneak peek into my little goals i do have a cosplay stream as one of my goals so spoiler but also y'all already know i absolutely meant gimli the dwarf oh. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine can you imagine your flowing red beard? I could imagine a flowing red beard. Um, you're giving people ideas, and I, I Viewers, was talking about my to, dog. You do have to pressure her into this. I know I said I was against peer pressure for my last job, but I'm very much for it for charity streaming. That's I was gonna. Oh, yeah, I could do that too. That would be a look. Um, you could cosplay Gimli as Gimli. That's a. That's a lot, and I don't think he would like that very much, mm -hmm, but, mm -hmm. you know, we can, we'll, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> Before, because we are a low-key theme park related pod in this sense, but I want to know out of the past, uh, what year, month, what year are we in? Past couple years of like your whole Twitch streamer, stream for a cause situation, what is one, if not more than one, key piece of advice that you have for content creators in this space or just streamers in general or people trying to make a difference in their community like what is something that you can tell them um i guess that's kind of twofold uh the first is that you need to unapologetically be yourself now that was a way that i was uh, recently somebody described me that way and i was like that's actually how a lot of our content creators are a lot of, um, and I think that that lends itself to the community content creator side of things, which is like, if you play and do things that you naturally enjoy, if you're engaging in things that make you happy, um, and then rebrand whenever you feel like it, like, honestly, freshen that stuff up whenever it feels good to you, but be authentically yourself because the people who appreciate you for being yourself, um, they're going to be engaged members of community for a much longer time um, than people who are in because they like this one game that you play that you don't even really enjoy that much. It's almost like having real friendships, like bonding over something that's a mutual interest. And it, it feels more natural, like when you bump into somebody at like a coffee shop or a bookstore and you hit it off. Like you can have those experiences on Twitch, but you can't do it if you're coming from a, a sense of like, or a position of, I guess, like falseness about what it is you actually enjoy. If you are constantly streaming games that you don't like, but you know that they get good views, if you're chasing that sort of thing, you're not going to be successful in this space because um, one thing that shows up over time and it may not show up right away is authenticity, which kind of falls into the other thing of stop letting these things like that define who you are as a content creator. We kind of talked about this a little bit ago, but 
content creator programs for tech companies and games and brands, they all have criteria that they want you to meet. And if you're chasing those sponsorships um, more than you're chasing the actual community building side of things, those, those will eventually come because and you'll enjoy them a whole lot more. You'll feel a lot less pressure because the people are there naturally because they want to be because you enjoy what you're doing and they enjoy you enjoying it. If you are focused on just chasing those brand sponsorships, you're going to bounce around from a bunch of different genres of how you're wanting to do and your community is going to feel disconnected. They're not going to feel like they're enjoying it. So you do have to be authentic to yourself and then, and you're allowed to say no to them. Don't let, don't let their standards define you, but don't also like jump at the first sponsorship thing that comes at you. Define who you want to be in the space and then like do that, like hell or high water. Like you're going to be this version of yourself on Twitch and a community will start to form around you because they like that. That's who they want to be with. And so, and that person um, should be a charity streamer. I think everybody should, because I think it's a humbling experience and it also brings your, it, it plays on something that you do and you enjoy and you do well. I mean, being a content creator is not being just like somebody who plays a video game and turns on their camera. It is, you are doing media, you are doing promotions, you're doing, a, you're a social media manager on top of being like a graphic designer sometimes, and you're a gamer and an entertainer. You're doing all of these things. And that's a lot of talent and, and organizations that want to work with you, sponsorships or charities that don't appreciate that talent because your CVT isn't high enough, um, can really just kind of screw off. So, um, that's how we feel about it here <laughs> in SFAC land. <laughs> well, I think that that's very valid too, because I, I forgot when it was, it was a while ago. I was very frustrated because yeah. Cause I started streaming again back in January. I was very frustrated because I started a TikTok against my better judgment because I was like very anti TikTok and I didn't want to go into the web of sc scrolling through another app, but I was upset because I just, I didn't want to niche down. I like theme parks. I like gaming and I like a bunch of other things. So I made the decision that I would do both on my platform and I knew that it would take me a while to get a following or like a community, but I was like, to, to heck with them, I'm, I'm going to do this because this is what I like to do. And I'm more than just this one thing. I mean, that's, that's just my philosophy on, on like how I, how I put myself out there on the internet, especially with Twitch. Like you can see my ET staring at you in the background. You can see Gimli getting barking all the time like it, it's just my life i incorporate wearing disney ears as my channel points i i do it all and i'm i'm okay with that uh, i also just came to the conclusion that there are games that i just thoroughly enjoy more than others so i've taken those others out and now i'm focusing more on the games that i do enjoy playing and it just happens to be games that like work out for me in terms of viewership like i like all my friends come to join i get a couple of new friends um and i'm just i'm content with being me and yeah there's nothing wrong with that okay no i think finding things that you authentically enjoy doing your friends want you to be happy like first and foremost there is nothing worse than like watching sponsored streams where they clearly don't enjoy or play the game that they're there endorsing and it's like I don't even want to play this because you don't look like you're having fun. You look like you're doing it for money. <laughs> it's like, oh, turns out you were. Um, not fun. 
No, I don't think, I think you have to have pure intentions and I think that goes back to like networking too. I think a lot of us are quote unquote networking, but not necessarily in the right way. I think in the back of our minds, we're really like, I hope that you follow me back or I hope that you, you know, care about me enough to engage with my content. And I think that's a very sticky situation, especially on social media. I find it's better if I just grow it like, um, casually like hey i'll pop into your stream and i'll just chat and like if it comes up it comes up but like i just want to see if i mesh with your content and the games you play and the things that you do at that oh point. yeah absolutely i definitely when i started on twitch i had people who were like looking for that follow back mentality and i've you know we have 700 content creator volunteers and i've had people that are like you're never in my chat you only show up when i'm doing a charity stream and i'm like yeah, because there's 700 of you in one of me and there's literally only so much I can do on Twitch. But if that's your intention when you're networking or trying to spend time with people, like be excited for the people that are there when they can be there and and don't be upset that they can't make it all the time because everybody has a life off of their computer too. Or maybe not off their computer, but like just even time like playing Valorant with your friends and relaxing where you're not needing to be like on. Like you don't have to be entertaining. You can just be yourself is, is really important. So people need to find that balance for themselves too, if they're doing content creation. Oh yeah. Sometimes I'll be streaming and like, I know that I'm going to play more. I just need that. Like, okay, I'm no longer on camera. Let me like cool down in my head and kind of ease into the end of the night and that uh 10 out of 10 i highly recommend you do not mm -hmm. need if you're if you, even if you're playing games like all day long you don't have to stream all day long like you can you just need to balance it because um streaming is is definitely a lot more than just kind of turning on your camera and and trying to click heads on games or you know or whatever you're trying to do in your game but it, it there's a lot to it and it can be stressful and I've had times where I'm just like why do I why do I do this to myself but I think I've finally gotten into a rhythm and I've gotten to a point where I can forgive myself and give myself a break and just kind of do what I want when I want to do it and um, I only answer to myself so snap crackle and pop <laughs> okay, we're pivoting away from streamer life, stream for a cause. You can plug all that information on how someone can volunteer, all that jazz at the end. So y'all should stay tuned to the end. We're we're pivoting to theme parks because if y'all know me, I'm universal queen extraordinaire. That's a little dramatic, but that's me. So we're gonna go with it. Um, and Robbie actually has background in theme parks, mostly Disney. So I want to know. Oh, I did not tell you to prepare this story, but hopefully you have it ready. Your your introduction into Disney, may, be it Disney World or Disneyland, if if it's you know World, that's a plus because I don't know anything about Disneyland really. Um, and yeah, no, let's start with your intro story to Disney. Sure. So I went for the um, I went for my first time going to Disney when I was about twelve years old. It was during one of their 25th anniversary celebrations. And I, I remember, like, I remember going, but like, I was so young, which I think is one of the reasons that it's so cool if you can go back even at an older age or go a few times in your life, because like, first of all, there's so many things that they change there, like regularly. Um, and it's not big things that you would notice. It's, it's small things that keep like it very like magical feeling. But I went when I was 12. 
um, I went with my mom and dad and it was super, super cute. And it was like kind of a surprise that we were going. So um, that was a long time ago. And then I wanted to reverse that. And so I surprised my parents with a trip to Disney World in 2018. And um, we like literally thought that was the last time we would ever be going to Disney. And we've been so many times since then. Um, but it was like the last time we were going, we went for like 10 or 12 days. We had the cabins at Fort Wilderness. Um, and it was super, super cute. And when we were there, uh, we decided to buy DVC. So then we became part of the Disney Vacation Club that's there. And so now we go like <laughs> regularly to Disney World. Um, we usually stay at Saratoga Springs, um, which is our like home resort with DVC. And um, yeah, so it started when I was 12. My family has always been like a big Disney family as far as like loving the movies, loving all of the Disney related stuff. It was sort of a dream of my grandma's uh, to be able to take everybody to Disney World. Um, and unfortunately she passed away before that happened. So we took all of my mom's family, like her brothers and everything. We took all of their families our first year as DVC members to like sort of fulfill that dream for my grandma of all of her kids getting to go to Disney together. Um, that is super sweet. I, so my dad's parents, they went to, uh, I want to say the opening or around the opening of Disney world, like that. They were like the first people, what, whatever the, the quote unquote thing that was. Um, and I was actually going to take them like similarly to the parks and then my grandma passed away. And then I was planning a trip what year was that 2018 something like that and then my grandpa got sick and passed away too so then I had already I already had the trip planned so me and my husband went or my fiance at the time went um like in his honor and it was just a very cute like he loved the parks he loves Disney and he likes cute he likes cute magical things so it's kind of like another tie-in of why I go to the park so much I wish I went to Disney as much as you um, well, you're welcome to join whenever I'm there, but, uh, we, we just very much enjoy, um, you know, that, that whole vibe and it's nice. You can walk around, you can feel so many different things there. Like you see these little, just the way that they curate their spaces for immersion. It, I don't know, like when you're walking in downtown Disney, you may not even be thinking about it, but like looking in the little win windows, like for the, the setups for the windows that like the um the emporium on main street and the way they just have them set up to be like these cute little nods to different disney movies or characters and they're not items that you can get anywhere but the way that the imagineers and the designers at disney put everything together to feel like you're right there is an amazing thing um and they do such a dang good job of it and you feel so many things like you'll be happy and then you have those moments too where you think about like a loved one who who had this attachment to a certain character or movie and you just you see that and you think you you think on them I don't know there's there's something of the way that the nostalgia of Disney World can make you like walking down the road you can feel so many different things pulled from your childhood pulled from a great experience that you had from a favorite story or line from a movie to a loved one that maybe isn't with you anymore but like you can feel them there in that moment and I think that that is something that is 
with something that like Disney that has been around so long, it's so intergenerational now, people are really attached to those feelings and that feeling of walking through memories. Because I think that's really what it feels like when you're going through Disney. Like, yeah, there's new memories to be made there, but you at the same time are walking through the old ones that you've had. So it's really cool. I like, which I think this is going to lead into my next question because now I just have many questions. I think when I started going to the parks, Magic Kingdom was like my favorite because it was, you know, the castle, it was magical and you could walk through XYZ. And since then, like a lot of things have gone away or been updated or whatever the case may be. So now I'm more of like a Hollywood Studios Epcot kind of girl. Hashtag always MGM though. (laughs) What park or what area whichever however specific you want to get into like what is like what's your favorite or what resonates with you the most or gives you the most feels oh that's hard so if you're going for like straight like like nostalgia factor I really think you can't beat Magic Kingdom um which is the definitive I mean it is the definitive Disney park right like you are stepping into all of the storybook world of Disney in that moment Um, so if you're wanting to recapture some of those feelings, like it's going to be Magic Kingdom, but if I had to pick a favorite park, as far as like, I think one of the things that I like is when I'm at Disney, you can feel very hopeful about a lot of things. And that always comes to me most in Epcot. So like this idea of innovation and there are certain rides there, like, um, living with the land where they talk about like all of these like practices for a more sustainable world. And like you walk around, you do like the walk of worlds and you're going around all these different places at Epcot. And it's like, look at all of these countries that are coming together to make this one thing. And I think that, um, I think that like from a humanitarian standpoint, like that is something that is really, really cool because there's lots of places that, normally wouldn't get they're like highlights right like a cool little factoid is you go into the Morocco pavilion at Epcot and like some of the pavilions are sponsored by the country um and some of them are invited and so for the ones that are sponsored um they take a lot of pride in how that pavilion looks and is reflective of where they're from and like the 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 artist that did the tile mosaics in the palace of Morocco is the same one that the King of Morocco sent to do the Disney pavilion when you're walking around in there. So like little things like that, you're experiencing something that's just totally, uh, when, when do people have those experiences? And I think that that, so for me, like Epcot has all of those things in one. I don't think I've taken the time now that I'm older to kind of just walk around and take it all in or notice those little things. I think I have like walked through a lot of the pavilions and all that stuff in the past. I just never appreciated it as much as I probably would today. I also feel, and I've said this before, and I've said it on Dazda's Disney and all, all, all the podcasts that I've talked on about Disney. I always feel like when I go, I need to like have a not a pack schedule but get things done and go 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 ride the rides do all the things and I think now it's kind of winding down a bit at least until I can get on Cosmic Rewind or I can get on uh, Tron when it opens and and all that other stuff I really 
want to be able to treat it like I do universal where I can kind of just walk the streets and people watch and take like eat a bunch of food and just be content with that and then go back to the hotel and kind of chill there and do nothing and go to the pool I do that at universal Disney I just feel like I always want to uh take every minute and be doing something productive especially I, I need to take the time at animal kingdom and, and do the animator animation ex, animator experience animation palette animators palette am I getting close something with You're getting very animating. close yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to do the the draw the character thing that's what I want to do and I want to go to and do the there's a ch- very cheap tour that you can do at, at animal kingdom that I would love to do so one day I think what is neat about Disney is even outside of the tours and all of that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. So when we, when we went to Disney, when I was 12, it was that it was the, the super jam packed, like whoosh, I'll never go back here. Got to get everything in right now. Um, And that's what we did. Like we were like hoofing it around the park. We were exhausted um, trying to take all of it in. It was, I think, right around the time animal kingdom actually opened was the first time it had gone. So like animal kingdom was brand new. Um, and I was like, dang. Um, but when we went back in 2018, which was the time that we did buy the DVC membership, like there was a breaking point in our vacation. So the first we were there for, like I said, 10 or 12 days. So the first three quarters of the vacation, it was still that thing. Like we're never going back, run, 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 do all of this stuff try to fit in everything because we have to capture every experience the minute we signed to dvc we were like whoo and now like we know we're going to be coming back and so the second half of the trip was so relaxed we were like oh it doesn't matter if we get to it this time that's fine we can just go next time we're here and it made a huge difference in our enjoyment of the parks because that is when we started appreciating all of those little things that you see around the park and likewise when we took family members they were like this is I've, I've been to Disney before but I may never be coming back to Disney and they wanted to rush and we were like no just like take it slow and take it in like you're going to do tons of stuff it's never really as with planning you know like planning out your trip it's it's not that hard to fit in the stuff that you want to fit in when still make time to just be relaxed. One of our best tips that we do is we always plan sit down meals for lunch and dinner so that you are forced to just stop, sit down, relax. And honestly, when it comes to like the, like the quick service prices where it's all a la carte style anyway, you're paying about the same for sit down at a lot of the sit down restaurants as you are for like a $10, $15 burger and a $5 fry and a $5 drink and a $30 cookie. Um, Like (laughs) I could have had lobster mac and cheese (laughs) sitting down somewhere in air conditioning and being relaxed. So we're, we're putting those relaxation moments into our trip. Yeah. I like the sit down restaurants mostly because they're like, like uh, set places to sit. Um, I forgot where we went. We went to one of the quick service and we had to search for seats. So then that's an added, like, let me take 10, 15 minutes to maybe find a seat, hope for the best. Or there's like a family that's sitting there with no food and just taking up space. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> is it fine though? Get it is not. Eat a hot dog. That's yeah. what I'm saying. What is your favorite uh, sit down restaurant? There's oh, no correct answer, but there is. There are several correct answers. No, that's true. Um, So one that I want to go back to because I've heard they've redone the menu 
is Cinderella's Table. So I haven't been there since the redone menu. So that's kind of high on my list for places that I'm excited to go next. The one that I am, I probably always like to pick are the Yak and Yeti at Animal Kingdom, which is fantastic. Um, haven't eaten there yet. It is like moderate quick service type prices. Um, but like you're getting like a salmon teriyaki noodle bowl and it's got tons of fresh veggies and huge portions. I also always try to make time to eat at Be Our Guest because that restaurant is, there's an atmosphere to it. And I think that that is probably one of the coolest things about Disney restaurants is how themed and thematic they are that when you're in there, they don't like, like those people that set up the Emporium, they go extra hard when they're setting up the restaurants and like you're in an experience and that's how you should treat the restaurants when you're sitting there is like taking it in. Um, it's a whole experience. What's your favorite one though? Uh, all time. Well, okay. I have two answers because I have three answers. Um, my favorite resort restaurant that I always try to go to every trip is Topolino's for dinner because it's absolutely wow. Chef's kiss. I also, that's a bucket list stay for me as Riviera. Um, and then my favorite overall restaurant is beer garden because of there's a lot of memories tied into that place. And I've never had a terrible experience there ever. And you get a cute little shell and it's very like themed. Um, and then I like Tepanito because I, I really like hibachi. <laughs> oh yeah. I love that one. I love so that good. one. I really want to go to, um, there's a new restaurant in the Japan section that is like a coursed meal. It's very, very like, very fancy, very fancy pants. Um, like there leave your shoes at the door. Pants. Oh yeah. No, they're, they're doing a lot. Um, I also like a lot of restaurants at Disney Springs because. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, they're just good. Has anyone ever literally... had melted cheese? Because it's delicious. Oh yeah. There's like a like the the restaurants at Disney Springs is this like a selection of top chefs from around the world that want to be seen at Disney. So they're mm -hmm. actively vying for those spots with like innovative menus. Yep. Like you can get like, and that's I think kind of uh Disney overall is like if you go to those sit-down restaurants, it is very hard to find anything that's super low quality. Um there's, they put a lot of emphasis on the food at Disney to be like top tier dining experiences. And you can still wear like your, your grubby running around the park clothes and not feel out of place. Cause literally everybody in there is like sweating out of their board shorts. Correct. That, yeah. so that's something that I like about to Topolino's is like you, you plan it for the end of the night and then you change into like a fancier like outfit for, for like a cute little dinner. Um, but yeah, that's something that I enjoy about theme park food that her three theme park restaurants that provide like a quality, like elevated kind of meal is that you can still look like a bum, but like get, <laughs> yeah, get right? top tier food. Um, it's been a dream of mine to eat at a five-star restaurant in sweatpants and Disney lets me do <laughs> that live my best life. I will say, uh, Victoria and Albert's is also on my bucket list to eat and that's fancy schmancy like you have to dress up and like be cute to do mm -hmm. um it's at one of the resorts that's the only technically five-star restaurant at Disney World is Victoria and Albert's I'm I'm like want to do it so bad but also like I have to prepare my wallet for that kind of situation so it's okay we'll, we'll hold off a little bit maybe like a, an anniversary or something awake uh, I don't no. know if that qualifies. No? no, I'm just trying to find more reasons for me to be able to go. 
Uh, do you do you go to a lot of wakes in your time? I do. People <laughs> still do those for real. <laughs> do they? I don't know. No, I haven't been to one before. We just yeah. have regular Midwestern funerals. Show up, eat yeah, a cold no. cut sandwich, put Filipinos, them in the ground. Let's go. Filipinos do like a whole thing, like oh. like a whole thing, or at least my Filipino family like does a whole thing. Mm. but that's okay it's fine that's okay philippines is one of our charity organizations uh for pride month um hello Hello. right here um okay last question rapid fire your top five rides any park stretch around the parks and go okay uh obviously flight of passage is super good people love flight of passage it's a very very good ride my husband does not smell well he's wrong that's fine (laughs) um we're all allowed to be wrong sometimes. True. Um, but that's a pretty big one to be wrong on. Um, I also will always make sure to do um, Living with the Land. Not popular. Not popular. I'm pretty sure my we family hates me for getting mm, on it every no, time. No, we I'm love like, it in this house. Like, yeah, it's so cool. I just want to run out and pick all the veggies. It's like going through Willy Wonka's house. Okay, um, but don't do that because that's frowned upon. Probably yes. No, that no, wasn't no, no, definitely. Yeah, that's I not... don't know. I'm gonna have somebody try it. Maybe someone like... already did and they got banned. So let, don't do that. Uh-huh. Wait, perma banned or the I claimed the cancel castle six month ban? Because we all thought that should have been unclear. Unclear. <laughs> we'll we'll fact check that later. Um, the boathouse at Disney Springs is always really good if you like seafood. I definitely always pop in there. Um, wine bar George at Disney Springs. Ten out of ten. Well. Yes, that place is like what the heck so mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. um and then uh you only I'm did two rides and that's not we were talking rides i moved right really quick you to did food. the food that's okay dang well because living with the land i'm thinking about yeah. wanting it to mate real bad um <laughs> no so okay rides what did i say um flight living of with pass- the land and flight of passage flight of passage <laughs> um i feel like the rock and roller coaster if you're looking for like a thrill ride is probably one of the best ones at disney so that's always on my list um rise of the resistance is fantastic holy crap and then also um mickey minnie's runaway rail railroad like that i don't know what happened but they were like oh like all the other parks were like, yeah, we have rides. And then Hollywood Studios was like, hold my beer. And then they were like, let's bust out the best rides at Disney World in the smallest theme park. And it's it's amazing. And I'm really excited when I go back next time, I'm going in February next year, that Tron will be open so I can ride that. And we've already been getting the early invites for DVC to go to Guardians of the Galaxy. Um whatever that ride is. But what I'm looking forward to the most is the, um, I think it's called Journey of Water for Moana. That's supposed to be coming out. That is like the one that I'm super excited for, which isn't even a ride. It's literally a park. It's like a walk around thing. But I just want to go out there and I want to um, sing to my Manta Ray grandmother and like play in a pool, right? That's that's what I think what we're all going to be doing. That's over the age of like eight, probably. Like that's just what we're going to do. I will say that Rise and Mickey and Minis has the best ride technology and I love it. Uh, Cosmic Rewind, I heard it's a fantastic ride. I just am scared that I'm going to get motion sick, but I'm going to do it anyway at some point in my life because I need to. And that's just, I mean, if I can do Velocicoaster, I feel like I can do anything. Yeah. Um, And Tron, I'm very, very, very excited for. I'm just sad that like, it's still not open. The, um, I think that that technology that they're doing with the drone style trackless coaster rides um like railroad like rise of the resistance are 
it's so cool, but like not just being cool, it's actually something that allows people of differing ability to be able to ride them in an easier way. They don't have to climb a bunch of stairs to get on a traditional coaster. They're not needing to feel like they're not suspended or like feeling like they're suspended. So I, I know a lot of like thrill coasters do that, but for somehow those trackless coasters are still getting that thrill in there just through I guess, innovative technology and sense sensations that they're providing yeah. in it. It's so cool and user-friendly. Um, I love it. I just love the whole trackless vibe because it's... Ratatouille it's did make me no sh- motion sick, though. I did not. I have not done, done that. Uh, Cosmic Rewind does 360 spin, though. So just FYI, when you go on Cosmic Rewind, you are in for a, a literal loop circle. Situa- oh, not loop, but like circle. You know, rotation. A barf circle. Yes, exactly. Yay. Can't wait. Um, do you have any universal stories or universal related things that you can share with the class? If not, it's okay. I won't like hold it against you. Just universal related things. Yes, you did mention something about Harry Potter. So I wanted to give you the like two minute second to like talk about it before we plug ourselves. Yeah, like I absolutely am excited to go back. I was there opening weekend for Harry Potter World which was insane the line for that stretched out the front of the park like you had to check into the park and then leave the park to go wait in line to get into harry potter world if you hadn't prepared like i had which had me towards the front of the line because i was um just crazy about making sure i made it in there early um but yeah so like all of that was super super cool um i'm excited to go back i haven't been since opening weekend but when i was that was the second time i was at universal And I'm really curious about seeing like um, what is still there. I loved like uh, Mythos was a restaurant that was there when I was there before. Still delicious. Still delicious. Yeah. I like that was probably one of my favorite places to eat there. Um, But like people joke, but like it is actually a pretty good restaurant (laughs) to like sit down and eat at. Like it's super and the theming in it is super cool um obviously I still want pumpkin juice in my life I still want butter beer in my life all these delicious things that I haven't had in a very long time um but I would say that the Harry Potter world I think most of Universal feels like a theme park in comparison to like like what you would see at Cedar Point and things but it doesn't rival Disney in the way of the immersion except for Harry Potter world they went hard on immersion in the Harry Potter section of that park and it does it that's what I like, I think, about um, like the theme parks there is the immersion of Harry Potter World is the same thing of that like nostalgia plug for the, the other parks that you get at Disney. And so that was my big selling point for why I enjoy Universal so much. Wait, so you only went to Hogsmeade? You didn't do Diagon Alley? It wasn't there when I was there. <laughs> I know. It's you need sad. to. You need to go. Gringotts is like such a phenomenal ride and I love it. Love, 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 love it. And you need to have Florian Forsyth's ice cream. And I will Ooh, uh, die on this hill and we're going to, we're going to do a trip. And that's, that's the tea on that. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, we, I will, well, I'll take you around for all the secret hidden Disney spots and you can show me Hogsmeade and die. Oh my God. I can show you literally everything. And like, we have to do an obligatory ride on ET and that's just to be my friend. You have to do it. Um, there's no ifs, ands or, or buts about it. So, um, but thank you for coming on my show i really appreciate you sharing your wealth of knowledge and your life with everyone that listens because we have listeners all around the world on this show so 
Um, if you want to plug your stream for a cause life, your streaming life, any any in social media, all the things for everyone to to follow and do yeah. things. Um, okay, so definitely check out Stream for a Cause. It's streamforacause.org. Um, you can see on there, uh, one of my favorite parts is that actually, if you want to know more about Stream for a Cause, right on the homepage, you can see people who are on our stream team will pop up at the bottom. So you can click them and you can actually go and ask them questions about Stream for a Cause. They're like our Stream for a Cause ambassadors. Um, so they're on the stream team. They know a lot about what we do. And, you know, hopefully Steffers wants to apply for that later. Um, I'm getting nods. I think that's a good sign. Yes. Um, then we have, uh, if you want to volunteer, you can definitely click the volunteer form, fill it out, and then just join our Discord. So that's a great way to get involved. Um, if you want to follow me personally, it's twitch.tv slash juice. It's not a real flavor. It's just a made up fruit. Um, Cause I'm kind of a fruit too. Um, so I guess that is my flavor. There's that. And that's, that's pretty much it. That's where you can find me. I live on that Discord and and in, in the Twitch lands. Can confirm. I, <laughs> I can confirm. But seriously, um, if you are uh, interested, I highly recommend. Uh, it is one of the better decisions I've made in my Twitch career. So go go do the things and make sure to tune into my first ever charity stream on June 4th at 4 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash AsianZing95. Make sure to check me out on Twitter is also AsianZing95 because there is some consistency in my life. Um, and then check out my popping off TikTok or Instagram at Adventures with Stuffers, like the title of this podcast. Um, you can also follow Gimli uh, at Gimli the Beagle on Instagram. And I post really cute photos. I mean, he posts really cute photos of himself. And yeah, make sure to check out my blog, adventureswithstuffers.com. There's also a link to my merch if you want to be cute and rock some either Adventures with Stuffers merch or some Sherbert Squad goodies. So go check that out. Do all the things. And we'll catch you maybe next week. I might have to cancel next week's show. We haven't decided yet, but I'll let you know in all the things. I hope you guys have a great day, night, week, evening, poop session, whatever y'all are doing. What, what, when you're listening to this, whatever y'all are doing. I hope you have a good one of it. Make good choices, and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye.